Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Sports Tech Atlanta Seed Talk. We're coming to, coming at you in the middle of July here. A lot of a lot of sports. This is kind of the dead period that you have when it comes to sports um, and, and sports technology news. And so there's a lot of fun things, you know, just just happening in the sports world. You know, really cool stories to see, um, you know, when it comes to tennis, when it comes to golf, because that's that's really the biggest things you got right now in the summer. So, I mean, we got some fun things coming at you. Sterling, how you been doing so far? Kicking off your summer. You got a little summer tan going on over there. Uh, how, how, how you doing? I do. Did a little summer league. I do have probably a little summer tan. Probably uh, I was in the I was in the in the cabana in the pool a little too long. If I'm being honest there in Vegas, but I'm I'm good, man. Yeah, it's at summertime. You know, sports are in that weird, weird place where you got a lot of baseball on. So for someone like me who played, uh, I love it, but not everybody does. Summer league just died down, and you know we're a few we're a few weeks from like training camp getting going, hard knocks, the Jets getting that. That's exciting. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a weird kind of I hate to say down period, right? But I mean, you used to call it like the dog days of summer in baseball. So it's just a weird time. Everyone's on vacation. You got big time movies coming out. You know, are are you doing the uh, the double feature this weekend? Oppenheimer into Barbie. You mean you mean you mean Bar- Barbenheimer? Is that how everybody's calling it? Bar- Barbenheimer. Yeah, Barbenheimer. I, I don't I don't know if I'll be doing that uh, double feature, but I I think I will make it to the theaters to see Oppenheimer because um, anything when it comes to Christopher Nolan, and if there is a, I don't know if Hans Zimmer is doing the uh, soundtrack and has the the musical uh, responsibilities for the movie, but you know, I, I might check it out. You never know. And then, t- and then take the wifey over to see Barbie. You know, you never know. He hit them both. What are you doing the double? I'm going to try. You'll see. See how the day goes. Definitely okay. hitting Oppenheimer okay. early on a Saturday. Yeah. I feel like you got to watch it during the day. It's going to be a little sad. It's going to hit you in a different way, you know? So, you know, you know, being, being a Japanese American, it's got to be a very weird movie to come out and have all of the publicity, publicity behind it, because obviously it was a weapon of mass destruction that was developed, but it goes to, you know, the intricacies behind the development of it and where the, the pressing nature, I mean, the world was different, different time in that aspect, in that frame. Yeah. So this is, you know, it's, it's, uh, should be a good movie. But also, nice humble brag of me being like you, you, you being like, oh, you know, it's in the cabana in Vegas. You know, everybody knows what cabana in Vegas is run. So you out here just being super bougie, similar to a brother, of a brother, not a brother of the show yet. But hopefully one day, uh, Chris Eubanks, I don't know if you saw over in Wimbledon, a lot of bougie over there for those tickets. But we have to give the shout out real quick to the Atlanta native Chris Eubanks, uh, Atlanta born and bred. Uh, in one of the zones going up, growing up, and then going to Georgia Tech, becoming an All-American, and then going to the quarterfinals. Had Medvedev, I, I, I feel like I'm butchering his last name, but number three on the ropes in the world. Is that how you say his name? It's it's Med- one of the – Yeah. All right. Med, 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 Life Alert, Med, Meddev, Med, 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 Medellin. But he, he had him on the ropes. <laughs> had him on the ropes. I'm I'm rocking for my brother. I right? because he should have been able to take it. I think in the fourth set uh, to take uh, to take the game. But he you know obviously experienced on from the number three in the world just kind of just showed through and uh, the moment kind of got a little bit too big. But that was his first loss in ten matches. So shout out to making it all the way to the quarterfinals. Atlanta native. Anything Atlanta, you know we're gonna shout it out because why? What's the name of the show? Sterling. Sports Tech Atlanta. Yeah, I got to give a little shout out, man. Westlake High School. Uh, awesome. Awesome to be there. 
I agree that Wimbledon's one of the bougier places because you got to dress up, you got to do the whole nine, right? You got to get the yeah. watch fit, you got to get the you know the high tie. You can't just go with like a yeah. skinny tie. You got to get the high tie going. Yeah. So yeah, awesome to see what Chris Eubanks did. Excited to see uh, what the twenty-seven year old has in store um, for the rest of the year, and obviously to kind of see any growth here from from having this run at Wimbledon. You know, with global warming, I'm very curious to see in about three years if they're going to keep rocking suits in the middle of that heat in that stadium. Because the only benefit of it being in the UK is that it's a cool 70, 60 degrees. It's kind of that San Francisco weather. But with global warming, this is why we got to figure out. You can't be wearing a wool suit, Hugo bossing it, poloed up in the middle of Wimbledon in the in the, in the courts with the grass showing back and the, and the sun coming down. That's going to be too hot. Too bouge, too bouge, too hot. Yeah, I don't know if you saw a suit just sweating. I don't know if you saw Justin Thomas. It looked like he had pre-gamed uh, Wimbledon as well. But I think the suit being a little tight, it was a little hot. I think that all yeah. got to him a little bit. So I'm with you. We'll see. We'll see if any of that that, that gets adjusted. Going to start looking like Jack Del Rio and the coach for uh, Texas A&M, formerly from Virginia Tech, just sweating through, sweating through suits. Or – buddy bruce pearl always sweats through suits at all. yeah that's probably a better example probably better bruce example. pearl just be sweating just like speaking of basketball stephen curry let's get ain't, into it ain't sweating out here we're hitting just real quick just a couple shots because it's like we said it's it's summer we have some if you want to fast forward and, and jump over the sports section you can but you know like we we are two athletes so we have to hit some of the pressing things and one of the most exciting things that have happened in the summer so far is Steph Curry, Sterling, take it away. What 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 is your what is your favorite? What is your goat? I'm gonna say it because I know ever since you ever since you left San Francisco in the Bay Area, you've just been in love with Steph Curry. So what did Steph Curry do just recently? Yeah, I mean uh, that was that was a lot there on that intro, but uh, Steph won the American Century Championship over the weekend, so that's the big celeb tournament that's out in Tahoe. Uh, shout out, amazing place if you've never been up to lake tahoe what was amazing about it was uh steph curry hit a hole in one uh which is just wild right you can play golf your whole life never hit a hole in one and then for him to be able to go out on a championship round in front of a ton of fans ton of a ton of front of people on live tv be able to do that uh amazing there was one putt that i i mean probably 15 16 feet of break from about 20 feet away and he shot and he he taps it he walks away like he just shot a three pointer from the corner that he was no that he knew was going in. It drops in, and then to win the tournament, puts himself in position on eighteen for an eagle putt. The eagle putt drops again, turns around before the putt even goes into the hole, um, and and for the walk off win of the ACC championship, it's it's unbelievable. It's just. You 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 lose you you yeah you run out of words to to really explain what he is uh, truly right. He's a wizard on the basketball court. He's this you know six two six three guy that's found a way to be not just crafty right. He's the best shooter we've ever seen. Strong enough to get to the hole. Got the handle. Just does all the things right. And then to be able to step onto a golf course the way that he can uh, and truly, I mean. I think he's only played like one or two tournaments, right? Um, on, on kind of the the if the G League, right? Of of I don't even, don't even know what it's called now with some of the changes, but I mean he can go out and compete and be a really good golfer if he wanted to. I think that's the the crazy thing, and it'd be interesting to see if that's his his 
second act, if you will, right? Whenever his run with the Warriors is done and he decides to kind of pick this up full time, like what does that even look like? So then it thought it, it made me think, like, is he one of the best at I know he's truly not a dual athlete because he's not playing golf full time, but let's say he did, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say that golf becomes his second act after he retires from the NBA and, and becomes like a top 10 player and what, you know, all that stuff. Right. Would you then put him up there as one of the best dual athletes of all time with a Bo Jackson, with a Deion Sanders? Like, does that happen there? Uh, I, I respect where you're coming from because I respect the game so much when it comes to the game of golf, but we do have to use the word, we have to break the word athlete down when it comes to golf. See, I'm I knew not, you were going to do this. I knew you were going to do this. Saying, I'm excited for this. I'm excited I'm, for this. I'm not saying golfers aren't athletes. You don't have to be athletic, but the athleticism needed for this sport varies to a, I think, large degree to what is required for who you just pointed out. Let's just say Bo Jackson. And I felt like that cadence just sounded like Skip Bayless, and that was just not good. It did. <laughs> not, not good. Not your best. About the athlete who you just said, Bo Jackson. Let's break down Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson, though, legitimately, you know, Auburn great, Auburn legend, goes to the MLB, breaks a bat over his knee, has athleticism that can't be really compared to. Then you have another of Deion Sanders. Baseball and football as well. You see the crossover of those two sports being able to play professionally. And I think – athleticism wise that that takes you to another i think realm of athlete because golf is the the thing about golf is you have to be so cerebral and here's the thing that i respect steph curry about so much and i was going to ask you this and it's i think steph steph gets obsessed and i say this in a positive way of like when he when he knows that he can be better at something he's going to keep doing it and doing it and doing it like he always says when people talk about his three pointers that he makes it's like you don't see what i did for the thousand shots that i had to take during the week just to be able to know i'm in the corner and i make that three because it's just rhythm at this point it's repetition so that repetition that he puts in that practice that he puts in he puts it into golf and then you see that having that walk away walk off eagle uh walk or sorry walk off walk off win was a birdie putt like he said and then the eagle putt walk off eagle putt Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh you know just having the repetition to to, to know you know obviously it's kind of luck on the hole in one but still he'd be you know maybe two feet away so he just puts in the time and the effort you know like sterling you put that time and the effort where can you be with golf but also it's great to be able to have that that uh, leisure time where you can just put that in i want to play three 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 rounds a day if i really wanted to go on michael jordan on it or playing 36 holes whichever way so like i i think he's an amazing athlete I wouldn't say greatest two time because he's not playing that professionally sure. uh, dual sport athlete, but I will say he is a great fierce competitor. Where does that rank him tops amongst all time? Uh, and I, I think, you know, if he does want to step into possibly going PGA and getting his tour card, so I think he would be accelerated that not having to go through Q and the Corn ferry tour. Um, we'll see, but I, I think, He's he's on his way to being, um, you know, labeled as a great overall athlete and competitor. Yeah, it's fair. That that's why I theorized 
if he would go into golf full time right after he retires from the NBA, what does that, what does that look like? What does he? What do you rank him there as? Mm-hmm. And I think I thought what you were going to get into is just like what we attribute as athleticism, because like, sure, Bo Jackson, Dion, as true like athletes, running, jumping, right? Like you, they're better athletes and stuff. And I think that's what makes it so impressive to me is he's not the most athletic guy. He's not the strongest. He's not the fastest. And he does what he does on the basketball court and then can go out. And to your point, because of the repetition, because of just the obsessiveness, he's able to then go out and do it on a golf course, which is just so impressive to me, right? It's just like this. He's, yeah, he is. He's a crazy competitor. And I don't think he gets enough credit for that, probably because he's he's light-skinned, like he's a nice person. But he's, he's an insane competitor. And I think that's that's also one of the coolest things. Let me ask you this. If John Daly won, you know, now the labeled FedEx Cup and was a champion, three-time champion, and then was able to parlay that over into NASCAR and was a three-time champion in NASCAR. Why'd you, why'd you, as well. why'd you pick NASCAR? Why'd you why'd you pick NASCAR? Because I'm just I'm just saying it's the everybody's looking at looks at it as as two athletes you have to be an athlete in these sports. Um, Would you then label John Daly as one of the greatest dual sport athletes of all time? No, because he hasn't oh, why, won enough. Why not, Sterling, why not? You're a three time PGA champion, and then you're a three time NASCAR champion, but you ain't gonna say he's one of the greatest all time dual sport athletes. I mean, winning three times on the PGA is awesome. Right. But I think there's a, a long list of people that have done that. There's mm-hmm. not a long list of people that have won a unanimous MVP is a two time MVP winner has four NBA rings as the top three point shooter in the, in NBA history is going to go down as the best free throw shooter mm-hmm. in history. Like those there, we're not comparing the similar people in terms of their sport. Right. I so mean, I you think threw him over it. You throw you th- you threw it out there. You said if you made the jump over to PGA, made it over into golf professionally, well, wouldn't yeah, be labeled. So I'm just saying, starting with PGA and putting it over into another professional sport, where do you where would you put John Daly? And yes, I'm using John Daly because John Daly's big. Sure, Daly, but he leans into it too. You're you're not no taking somebody that that be honestly though. You would need to take somebody that is. I don't even know who. Right. I mean, let's say okay. Brooke. Let's say Brooks goes and wins like two or three more. Yeah. Right. And then Brooks went on to like another sport and played. Yeah. That's that would be more comparable. Right. Okay, fine. How about think... let's do this? Let's do okay. I'll, I'll I'll extend an olive branch on this one. Sure. Michael Phelps makes it over to the PGA tour. Michael okay. Phelps, Michael Phelps wins two PGA championships. Do you include him then as grace two as one of the greatest two sports two sport athletes of all time? Dual sport athletes. Yeah. Okay. He's the best swimmer of all time. How would you not? That's uh, that's cool. I that's was trying to see, and the thing I was trying to see where, and, and you know, I gave you I gave you a layup with with Mike Phelps because it's Mike Phelps. Sure, but, but I want to see what you where you hold. Oh my bad. I'll let you finish. No, what I was going to say, we don't we don't talk enough about. All right, yes, Bo Jackson, his career is derailed because of the knee injuries. Dion has the turf toe injury late in the career in his career. Right, he'd already won with yeah. the Niners and the Cowboys. I just think they're two different. Like when you're te- when you're talking about accolades, though, arguably Dion's the best cornerback. Yeah. Right. He also wasn't like tested all the time, so like it's I I think there's just a different view of what you 
think of when you think of a guy like Steph, who like basketball is a different sport. You have the ball in your hands, like your influence of the game at all times. Where Bo Jackson, who could have had that at, at the running back position, but again, his career's cut short. So like I just think it's it's interesting that we don't maybe caveat that sometimes. Like their accolades don't stack up to other guys, right? Even though they're mm-hmm. to me, they're the best two athletes, two best they're, they're maybe two best athletes of all time, right? But mm-hmm. Then when you think think about a duo or dual sport position, so yeah, I, I just think that's interesting to think about. Like when you're when you're making these comparisons, like you have to think about what Steph's accomplished on the court. Yeah. To then you know have somebody yeah. comparable. No, that, that's. I mean, I understand it. I was just trying to see where you're coming at from the golf angle and being an athlete. You know, you take John Daly and it looks like you're disrespecting John Daly's game because I had no to bring Michael Phelps. No, it's all good because you know he'd have some majors in there, but it's all good. But it's all good. I was just trying to. I'm just trying to see. I was just trying to see your heads out. All right, it's okay, Sterling. I got you in a pretzel right now. It's all good. But being in that pretzel, you know who's trying to expand out in basketball. I'm just playing. You, what? What? What's up? I said pause. Uh, keep going. <laughs> Uh, but of another basketball, uh, possible, and I think you know, future Hall of Famer as well, Russ Westbrook. Russ Westbrook, Russell Westbrook, let me be official there, is trying to make some investment moves, um, outside the game and continue to grow his, uh, you know, major brand and and do what, uh, some stars have done as of late when it comes to LeBron, when it comes to one of the bigger one, bigger names right now, just because, um, you know, they are participating in these international friendlies. And when it comes to Wrexham and Ryan Reynolds, but Russell Westbrook heading over into soccer. What, what, what are you seeing with this, Sterling? Yeah, um, it, this is cool, right? For Russ, kind of what you said, right? Like following kind of in the in the footsteps of LeBron James, right? Um, LeBron joined a group who then, um has purchased a couple things like the Red Sox, uh Manchester City. Uh so similar here where Westbrook uh is buying shares into the 49ers group. The Niners group is then taking over Leeds United. Uh so just a really another example of uh you know top American athlete to your point and, and Russ and then an American investment group here again nine, the Niners group part of the you know, underneath the Niners Association, their their investment property, um, investing in English Championship uh, soccer here. So yeah, it's cool to cool to see. It's interesting, right? I'm gonna read something here, and and, and this will kind of get us more into kind of the sports, our typical kind of sports tech conversations here. But over the past forty years or so, every single team in all four of the United States major sports has increased exponentially in value, taking out any matter of a catastrophe, right, at an average rate that far outpaces that of both inflation and the SAP 500. So what a lot of people have done, and then to your point, we'll talk Rexham uh, here shortly as well, is really superimposing American expertise in the live sports space and onto traditional outdated, I don't love to say outdated, right, um, but and in, in to outdated European clubs, uh, into hopefully producing quick financial gains. Um, a lot of times the acquisition costs can be a little bit lower, right? Especially when you're t- thinking about the, the top three levels of teams here in America, the, the barrier of entry is a little high in terms of, of getting in there financially. Um, and now you're able to then take a, take, take a low acquisition cost, uh, have something that's a well-respected asset, and then hopefully be able to turn that around. Um, so yeah, similar to what we saw with or have 
see, really we're seeing right with Rexham, um, with Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney. Um, what they've been able to do, right, is is pour money into that. Obviously, getting the partnership with Hulu, being able to broadcast kind of this Ted Lasso style, right, documentary of their of their team. Now their team's bumped up a level after winning last year. Um, I believe actually they're playing Chelsea today. So so yeah, it's 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 changed here around like what you're looking at, and and I think if you're a capital group, it's something that. You know, I, I selfishly have like, you know, start explaining to LPs when you when you start trying to go after your own funding. Right. This is a big part of what you're looking for. You're looking for these type of assets that you can infuse money, attach a big name to it. Right. Like a Russell Westbrook or a Ryan Reynolds. Right. Not to take away anything from Rob McElhaney as well and, and then prop up that value and, and spin back some costs for you. So uh, a really cool thing here. And that, and that does take us into kind of the next thing. We'll just keep flowing. There is, is Rexham AFC's teamed up with HP uh, for their global technology partnership. Right. So again, continuing to, to create that value, create different propositions here, using technology, using really what's in the sports space right now, um, what uh, Rexham, AFC, and HP are going to be able to do is they're going to partner uh, with delivering devices and services to help the recently promoted Welsh football team on and off the pitch. Uh, so HP technology, including high-performance laptops, PC accessories, and hybrid work-enabling services will be used throughout the club and across back office functions as well to improve the fan experience. So pretty cool thing uh, here to see, again, propping up that tech, Propping up again something for HP to be able to kind of utilize the the success of Rexham uh, to kind of bolster their position as well. You know, I think you broke that down exactly right. Of um, like you said, the entry point is low for a lot of these. Surprisingly, for a lot of you know uh, English Premier League, even you know Premier League or, or or second tier, third tier teams, and those investment opportunities and seeing what you can you know hopefully try and flip. Um, kind of similar to, you know, Ryan Reynolds and the success that, that Rexham has had. I just, I wonder when we hit the plateau, when we hit the ceiling, when that comes around, because Rexham was so organic, so genuine. You mm-hmm. already had the likes of LeBron, you know, infused is a, is a very small minority stake, but, you know, within uh, Manchester United as, uh, you know, a large name. And, you know, that continues to build the brand of Man U because, oh, LeBron's in here. Oh, LeBron's LeBron's in the stadium and where LeBron's repping it whenever, you know, he's over here in the United States, um, whether if it's in a press conference or something like that. So it's just I'm genuinely curious to see how that market goes. And it's just kind of interesting just how, like you said, the bar is so low and then the return that you can get in a few years. Um, will that flood the market of, I, I, I want to say imposters kind of jumping into the game, being like, I do have the capital, not imposters from the financial aspect, from imposters from, uh, I want to say, the execution standpoint and trying to just replicate and hit magic, hit mm-hmm. hit lightning in a bottle twice or catch lightning in a bottle twice. So, uh, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see wh- where that leads. And then also, you know, you take HP, like you said, uh, stamping their footprint on what's hot. And you can't hate a Fortune 500 company jumping on to the the coattails of a Cinderella story, and what that'll do for their brand because it's a win win at the end of the day. So what? So if, all right, we we infuse and inject a couple a little bit of capital here for a couple of years, 
just write it and then we can pull out whenever you need to. It'll always be a win-win for companies. So you might want to align there from an investment standpoint, find the companies that you see might be making those right plays and, and see what you can do from a stock option standpoint. So yeah, this is, it's just a, it's a kind of a cool, but exciting time frame. It's a little bit of the wild, wild west in the sense of uh, how crypto kind of is, but not to that extreme. Yeah, that's a that's a heavy extreme. Yeah, but yeah, I, I do think you're gonna continue for the to layman on the crypto. We don't have I don't have millions to just throw it at a at a club to play with money like that, get that quick return. Yeah, but I do think to your point about the trend, you are gonna see more and more not only athletes but I think investment groups looking for these type of opportunities because of that success, right? Because what you've seen in Rexham, because of Fenway Sports Group with LeBron, right, in in Manchester, so. Yeah, it, it's interesting. And, and well, you know, you're going to see more sports prop up, right? And I think women's sports won't be far to follow in terms of the investment over in Europe, right? Um, you saw the EuroLeague soccer final within the, the women's game had the largest audience they've ever had in terms of uh, well, TV and in person. So I think mm-hmm. you're going to start seeing more investment there as well around those clubs. Looking at again smaller entry to bear entrance, right, uh, to get in, and then obviously being able to to kind of prop that up and see what you're able to do from a return perspective. So mm-hmm. that takes us, and, and I, I did that on purpose. There, call that a segue. We have the Women's World Cup starting tomorrow. We're recording this on the 19th of July. Taylor, who do you have? Do you got any uh, – are you just you just rocking with the home team? You're just going with the USA? Who are you, who are you going with? Who do you feel like is going to win the Women's World Cup? I mean, how can I not go with the home team? I, I, got, I, I, I got to, especially, you know, you, you saw the Arthur Ashe Award winners – for all of, uh, um, you know, the women's national team, you know, how I, th- I don't know how long they dated back. They weren't kind of clear on that part when they were presenting the award. But, of course, I'm a rock with our women and got to bring it home with all the moves that it's really it, that, that's kind of the biggest point. You have to win. It's I look at this kind of like Kobe early 2000s, obviously complete different case of what he was when he was fighting the case. But. Keeping his how name. Do you, how do you talk wait, that wait, this wait, topic? Wait, wait, wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Give me a second, Sterling. But how Kobe had to keep his name afloat by winning that championship. These girls were out here fighting for the money that they rightfully deserve. But at the same time, you had that crazy sect with that was trying not to support, saying that you know the women didn't need to make that much money because the men, the men's tournament brings in this, but the women have always been better, so they should have been paid, but everybody kept making excuses for why the women shouldn't have been paid. If the women come out here and drop down a championship, there ain't nothing that nobody can say. I'm coming at it. Ain't nothing that nobody can say. You got to respect what they do, and then you got to stamp it and just allow and just rock with it and be like, hey, these women are fire. They deserved it. Everything that they fought for, everything that they complained about, everything that they raised for an awareness standpoint, damn, they earned that. They they earned that. Shh. I ain't, I'm not trying to cuss, but I'm getting I'm getting hyped up. You saw where I was going with that, Sterling, because, you know, they that did. Was a, they, it, was a wild, it was a wild comparison to but it begin made, it, with. I think you brought it home sort of. No, I brought but it yeah. home. You, you, you had to listen to me. I don't mm-hmm. think there's pressure, though, right? I think there's pressure. You can't be certainly you. You can't be. I think the you can't. Is yeah. to three P. Right. Anytime you've heard many, like Steve Kerr always talked about it with, when he was going through the Warriors here recently. Like it's so hard to three P. 
mm-hmm. and the team is different, right? Like it's it's you got Alyssa Thompson who's like 17 years old. You got um uh, uh Meg Rapino who's at the the end of her career, right? She's gonna retire at the end at the end of this year. So it's it's a weird transition year, I think, from like the old to the new in terms of what we've known in terms mm-hmm. of US women's soccer, and then obviously this new infuse, this new blood that's coming in. So yeah, I mean, I think always a tough thing too when you're favored right now. If you're looking at uh, some betting odds, they are the U.S. is favored at plus twenty, plus two twenty-five to win. England is right behind them at plus four fifty. Spain is at plus five hundred, and the U.S. is getting over seventy-five percent of the money uh, to win the World Cup right now. So that's, I think that's where the pressure comes, right? Like, yes, I think. Deep down, do they like Alex Morgan and them who've been fighting for this to your point, Megropino, want to go out and stick it to all these people that were like, you shouldn't get paid what the minute? Like, absolutely, right? But I think mm-hmm. they go out there. That's probably part of it at any time, right? Just of having to like prove like dumb people and doubters like wrong, right? Mm-hmm. I think for them, it's like the pressure, like you're supposed to. I think it's anytime you, you have the pressure, like I got to win. That's always tough. Right. Oh, 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 100%. And, you know, they're in a, I think they're in a solid group. Uh, you know, they could experience some difficulty, I think, with Netherlands. But it's United States is in Group E with uh, the Netherlands, Portugal, and starting off with Vietnam uh, tomorrow. Sorry, on the 21st. So, yeah, I, I, you know, when this comes out, they definitely would already have started. And we have to see, you know, where they, where they line up. But, um, you know, Brazil, obviously very tough and they're right in group f as well they have france jamaica panama in their group but no i i the pressure to win is always there i think in the world that we're in right now i mean you look at over the summer and who's been one of the the number one video people just he hasn't even done anything he's not even trying to but the optics and what people do via social media and that is lebron james and people saying like lebron james is one of the funniest nba unintentional nba players of all time yeah. And he's and he even called it out. That's so like he they see it. He called it out the SBs where he was like, Oh, there, you know, there's funny videos of me running around. He's like, they are funny. These players see that, and that yeah. is sparked up by you could say the one guy or girl in a dark room that has a voice now that can be echoed in what used to be a vacuum, but now that echo chamber spreads out across the the, the multiverse here with the internet. And yeah. I, I think that would be a big thing if, say, if, if the women go down and then say, you know, they, they lose a, an unsuspecting match. And, you know, I, I, I hope everybody's staying on social. You know, I don't think they're going to be checking 24-7. But, like, that that comes back. People might be texting me, hey, like, you know, you guys need to, to stake, you know, y'all need to stake your claim. You got to, you know, put your, make your mark, blah, 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 blah. So I think they're, that's where I'm coming from. I, I see that pressure there. Obviously, you want to win, but obviously, I think the biggest thing that people love to do, and I love to do it myself, is shut the haters up. And shutting haters up is one of the most satisfying and gratifying feelings you could ever have in being able to just stake it, move on, nothing that you can say at this point, and we can just keep on moving forward. So good luck to our U.S. women. Yeah, absolutely. And wanted to bring that up. There's a couple cool partnerships you'll see here. So TikTok and FIFA are going to bring fans closer to the action. Um, so TikTok is going to give you exciting content. 
uh, behind the scenes moments, team arrivals, live pre-match content promoting the game, where to watch it, match highlights, player and coach reactions, and much more. So go over to TikTok and you can also find some of this on FIFA.com as well. And then FanDuel. Uh, is doing something pretty cool. They've partnered with a female-owned roastery, North Edge Craft Coffee, to launch a limited edition blend called Fan Fuel Extra Kick Coffee. This coffee will help refuel fans after a long night of cheering on Team USA. You can find this in a few of the cities. So you, I think the FanDuel is going to have like a truck, like a fan fuel truck, and the cities are going to include New York, Boston, Columbus, can and Kansas City. Uh, so pretty cool there, uh, I think. To, yeah, just bolster this up. I think this is going to be the most bet on women's World Cup we've ever seen, which is which is super exciting. And to your point, you know, I think sticking it to a lot, all the haters kind of out there that have said things for a long time. So good luck to our, our women's team. Can't wait to watch. To your Taylor's point, by the time this comes out, it'll already have started. Um, again, the, the match is starting on the 20th, the first uh, match for uh, the USA teams on the 21st. So excited to see, uh, see the results uh, pour in there. We got two more quick things here uh, we wanted to highlight. So Pickleball is taking off. It's this crazy thing now. There's so many investments in it. Uh, so I want to just quickly say, especially with the baseball component here, PBX Pickleball has uh, brought out some former MLB All-Stars. You talk about dead days of summer here. <laughs> um, so uh, Matt Holiday, former uh, St. Louis Cardinal, Mike Lowell of the Red Sox, Josh Beckett, Red Sox, and the Marlins, uh, and then Jeff Conine, also of the Marlins there, uh, will be participating in the PBX Tour, PBX Pro-Ams, and PBX Dream weekend starting later this year uh so amateur pickleball players are the opportunity to take the pickleball court with retired baseball players uh in addition i, I believe there's going to be some other retired hockey football basketball players that are going to join these forces but wanted to highlight again pickleball's taken off all over the country so shout out to uh some former major leaguers there doing doing a cool thing there I don't know why you had to sound like a, a struggling broadcaster in the middle of July calling the Cincinnati Reds versus Pittsburgh Pirates. <laughs> in the dog days of summer here, we got pickleball. <laughs> it just I, sounded it felt right. It, felt, it just it sounded, felt you know, right. you know, it did. Yeah, it did. It sounded like an announcer just trying to fill in dead air, top of the seventh inning in a middle of July game for baseball in a, in a game that really doesn't matter for the MLB. You're like, what? <laughs> What else can I talk about? <laughs> how can I how can I stretch this until we get to the to the top of the eighth? <laughs> yeah, uh, no stretching. That was that's a cool cool thing. But no, I did well, feel like yeah, it was I good. It, 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 it felt like I had a pack of peanuts and I'm sitting with behind the knee sweat in the middle of the stadium. That was nice. It's never great. Never great. We'll highlight one company here, cool startup called Project Admission. They've now topped more than 13 million in investments uh, after setting up a host of major league teams for the front half of the year. The technology company uh, attracted a new round of investments, including $3.2 million in funding led by Flyover Capital uh, with return investor Anthemis uh, and then another couple of new investors, the Raptor Group and Scrum Adventures. Um, so 
what they essentially do is they work with professional season, uh, professional sports teams and season ticket holders to find new ticket partners, as well as the ability to share and distribute their tickets uh, a little bit more easily. So really cool there. So they've been able to sign on, uh, like I said, front half of the year here, uh, teams like the Tennessee Titans, the Washington Commanders, uh, a couple of USL teams as well. Uh, and then Lexington FC bringing its total client base to nearly 50 teams. So check them out. If you, uh, you know, if that, that list hits one of your teams, check out project admission. We're always finding, trying to find new ways of getting your tickets out, finding new tickets. Uh, it's, it's a crazy game out there with the fees and everything. So check them out. Uh, and again, really kudos to project admission for, for getting some new technology uh, to kind of help improve uh, their, their expand into new markets and verticals and further their acceleration and growth. Well, that does it for this edition of the sports tech Atlanta seed talk podcast. I'm Sterling. That's Taylor over there. You can find us at sports tech Atlanta media on YouTube, on Instagram, on Twitter, continue to rate, subscribe and like, and we'll see you on the next edition of sports tech Atlanta seed talk.